Hello to all out there. Uh, it's Michelangelo and the guys, and we're going to discuss, of all things, politics. Now, they say you should never discuss religion and politics, but we're going to discuss it here today. And most of us all know that you know it's an election year this year. The Democrats are trying to find out their candidate is going to defeat Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is past his impeachment, he's passed these inquiries, these investigations, but I'm sure there'll be more before the end of the year. And from what I've just heard, he is going to host a fundraiser, $600,000 a couple. Brother, your wife better be really in diamonds for $600,000 a couple. And they expect between 10 and 20 couples, which would mean 6 to $12 million just for basically a restaurant full of guests. Yeah, so there's a bunch of topics uh, uh, that are tangential to the presidential election. You just touched on one of them, which is the ridiculous amount of money that's required to, to run for president um, and the kind of... You know, Citizens United thing, where uh, uh, they, I think they said that money is considered speech, and there's like you can't limit the amount of money spent on it, which is a little ridiculous. But uh, I wanted to uh, kind of start out by focusing on, um, uh, you know, the, the big problem in politics right now is people not working together. And I remember, uh, you know. Four years ago, around this time, when Donald Trump was in the primaries for the Republicans, and uh, you know the Republican establishment hadn't, you know, wasn't supporting him, and, and at that time, I, I I think I said to people, and I said to myself also, that I, I kind of hoped that Donald Trump would be elected for the the only reason being that I thought that he would bring the parties together. I thought, oh, if Donald Trump gets elected, the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate and the House of Representatives, they would have to work together in order to, you know, at the time, combat what neither of them supported. But instead what happened is Donald Trump got into office and the Republicans changed their tune and rallied around Donald Trump and the partisanship and uh, lack of, um, you know, uh, working together increased even more, uh, you know, to the point where you know, the president was impeached and, and uh, and he successfully threw that now, but uh, I guess I, so. Looking at looking at the candidates this time around uh, with the Democrats, what I'm the main thing that I'm looking at is yeah, which of these candidates is gonna you know change the culture in Washington to the point where they're gonna work together. I don't know. So do you, and I actually don't see that happening. So I was just wondering if you're you know, looking at the candidates for the Democrats. Do you see anyone who could end the partisanship in Washington. Yeah. Uh, well, the one guy that's you know most interesting is uh, a lot to a lot of people is uh, is uh, Buttigieg. You know, the, the, he's he's a young guy. He's about 37, 38, around your age, Keith. And um, you know, he's kind of an outsider because he's only had one elected position in uh, Mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and uh, he says that he would be able to. Uh, you know, rise above all the criticism from his rivals right now and anything that Trump might have said. And then he, he thinks that he would be able to, uh, 
to really present like a, you know, an old versus new, you know, or like a, a more friendly way of governing versus the way Trump governs if he were to, uh, to get up against him in the, uh, in the final uh, election. Um, and then if the other person is Bloomberg, the Bloomberg factor, and start finding out about that come uh, the Super Tuesday. Um, I have a question for you guys. This is, to, to me, the, one of the most important positions now because of this partisan, or of this split, is Speaker of the House. Is there any way that Pelosi could be ousted from her position and we can get a new Speaker of the House? Hey, you know, I, I guess I've only been focused on uh, the presidential election, so I don't know about uh, how things are shaping up for, or even uh, you know what other candidates are running for. Uh, actually, because because Trump seemed to like alienate himself from all the Democrats. Like it, it's like a competition. He's talking about warriors, and again, warriors are like on the battlefield, living and dying, bleeding. To me, these are not warriors. Right. You know, it, it's all verbal chatter. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think we do need a uh, you know changing the guard from the older people like Pelosi uh, uh, and and you know Donald Trump and stuff like that, but. Uh, but I don't think Buttigieg uh, is going to be able to do it. No. Uh, just uh, like, you know, uh, I also, uh, I, you know, uh, I guess, you know, Buttigieg is an openly gay person, and I just don't see a majority of the people, you know, voting for, for an openly gay president. Um, uh, also, I feel like his last name having butt in it and him being gay would be like, you know, the beginning of uh, jokes uh, around uh, in politics and stuff. But, uh, it, um, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I really thought if Biden continued on and he had a firm grip with the Democrats that he could bring them closer, not so much to Trump because there's a battle going on because as they had gone after Trump, Trump came back and, you know, there's Hunter Biden and all these problems and stuff. And, and again, Donald really hasn't prosecuted or gone after any of the Democrats. It's been pretty much a one-way street. They've gone after him. So if Biden could, could influence the Democratic Party and we could get a different Speaker of the House, and we could get some more conservative Democrats in there, pro-life Democrats, they've swung, to me, way too far left. Way too far left. And Buttigieg is not going to get it in. I don't see any of the other candidates doing any, any, anything. Bernie Sanders, they, they say he's borderline socialism, communism, and you know they, they, they've gone so far over, and they've actually caused an even wider split. Well, that's, uh, I, I think, you know, so Bernie Sanders right now is leading the Democrats in, uh, you know, vote getting and, you know, if I think the Democratic primaries, you know, ended right now, he would be their candidate and, he, and he's a self-declared socialist. Uh, and so he's, he's extreme. I'd like to, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on, on, you know, what is causing 
What is causing uh, extreme people to become candidates? Because I think that's what's preventing people from working together. There's not, I guess they call them moderates, but I would just call them normal. There, there's not like any normal politicians anymore. Everyone is, is, you know, they take an extreme stance. And I actually think it's related to the internet that, you know, people, uh, the internet and like show, uh, channels like Fox News and MSNBC, they become extreme, you know, I guess because their ratings or something like that, in some capitalist way, uh, the things that bubble to the top are, you know, extreme viewpoints. And, and you know, that's what sells in, in uh, politics. And so, and so that's the candidates we get. And, you know, and, that's, and because of that, nobody, you know, although it's, you know, it may feel good for people to vote for extreme things, uh, it's, you know, functionally, it's not good for us. I think uh, Keith just hit the nail on the head. There's the problem is that Trump w w was so dynamic, and and to me, you know, there's a sense of arrogance about him and his tweets, and and you know, a, a lot of the rough, coarse talk that he that he has. And if the Democrats would have just kept a cool head and tried to work with him. Well, let me just stop there because I think uh, I, I think Donald Trump, like I said, uh, this time four years ago, he was considered extreme, but because you know uh, that worked for him and he got elected, the Republicans then you know moved towards him instead of dragging him towards the middle, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I, I actually think of Donald Trump as an example of the problem, and uh, you know say, in the same way I look at Bernie Sanders as an example of the problem of of mm -hmm. the extremes mm -hmm. and I'm not looking for I want to try to find a solution and I just don't I don't I don't see I think a real solution would be to change you know the way that the candidates are selected right. yeah. yeah well I mean uh, you know part of the problem is uh, you know the American political process the primary it just takes so long and so you have all this uh, you have time for the uh, the two two sides to get entrenched and um, and then you have a lot of value on these uh, states like uh, you know the two first states Iowa and uh, New Hampshire, and um, they don't reflect the demographic of the country as a whole. But you know if you win the first two uh, primaries like like um, like Sanders did, um, he feels uh, emboldened to uh, to accentuate his uh, you know his position and. Uh, they were saying today in one of the shows that his supporters also don't tolerate anybody who, if you say anything against him and you know what he believes, like for example, health care for all, you know, a brand new Medicare system, that they, anybody who goes against that, like the Las Vegas casino workers, have their own medical plans. So they don't like uh, those workers saying that um, that they don't want to have Medicare Medicare for all, like a socialized uh, med med medical system, and then then they they start criticizing. And then all Sanders does, he, he disavows them, but a lot of people don't believe that. But I think that um, if Sanders does uh, come out of the uh, the pack, it uh, looks like Warren's fading right now, but if Sanders comes out, then he's going to uh, to feel emboldened to really go be, you know, way over to the left, and then Trump is going to, he's going to continue going, um, you know, further and further right, so you're going to have a real, a real chasm between, uh, between those two. Yeah, I mean, uh, so that could be that could lead to uh, 
some fireworks in the debates. Yeah, I mean, uh, from a from a capitalist perspective, I think uh, Trump versus Sanders would be the most entertaining uh, of of the debates, and maybe because it's, of that, that's what would happen. It yeah. sure would. It'll be like a show because. You know Bernie wants to give everything away, right? And, and, and a lot of the, the youngsters feel that, oh, I have this college debt. It's going to be erased. I'm going to get to go to college for, for, for very little. Yeah. And we know that somebody has to pay for it. Uh, I'd like to try to just briefly at least uh, think about a couple ways where we could change, you know, changes that would uh, would make one of the you know, testing qualifications for candidacy being ability to you know, work together uh, basically to take away you know, this kind of entertainment aspect from, from the voting. Like, can, can you, the, uh, the only way I, you know, I don't know, I can't think of any good ways. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when, when, Bloomberg, when Bloomberg finally gets a chance to be on the debate stage, and I don't think he's going to qualify for Nevada. They're going to have a, you know, the one in Nevada. I think it's Wednesday, one for Nevada, and then there's probably one at, right before the primary in uh, South Carolina. But then they're going to have a debate, which is going to cover, you know, that Super Tuesday. It's all of a sudden 14 states on one day. When is Super Tuesday? March 3rd. Okay. Yeah, so that's not too far away, and uh, that's about uh, what a um, little over two weeks away. Mm -hmm. So. You know, Bloomberg is, uh, is you know, all of these ads he's paying for, he's paid for like $300 million in ads so far, you know, across these states. You know, and, and you know, he's also advertising in Pennsylvania right now. He's going to really play up the idea that that when he was mayor of New York, you know, as a Republican, you know, sort of like a liberal uh, Republican or New Age Republican, he really had to reach across, um, he really had to go across the... Uh, you know, really make peace with the, uh, you know, council, you know, the members of council who are solidly democratic, and he was able to accomplish, uh, you know, a great deal of good um, in New York. You know, his record uh, in New York City is going to be really, um, you know, uh, highlighted, and then he was even able to, uh, people weren't happy about this, but he was able to change the Constitution to get another four-year term, so he ended up being in for 12 years. Normally, he would only been, would have been in for eight years. And the th when he won the third term, it was very, very close. It was razor thin. But he did get in, and, um, you know, he uh, then he was viewed as a lame duck, so he didn't get as much done then. But he, um, but there's, there's an ad with him with Obama, where Obama appears with him like six or seven times, and Obama basically says that he, uh, you know, that he is a, uh, a person who gets things done. You know, stuff gets done for the people in government, and... Uh, you know, normally, the smaller the government, the more the more that gets done. You know, the more that you feel it, the more that you can see it because it's smaller. Yeah, but, you know, New York's large. Yeah, and Keith brought up a great point. Trump was extreme, and, and rather than to bring it back to the middle, the Republicans went with it, and that's what caused the break. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think with with uh, Bloomberg coming in, I think it's going to be a lot like like Jack Kennedy and Richard Nixon. I don't know, if you, you guys are too young for that, but I still remember. I go back and watch that debate. Yeah, Nixon cleaned his clock right. as far as uh, accomplishments and knowing what to do. But Jack Kennedy had charisma. He looked good on television. Right, right. Okay. 
he had some good things to say or whatever, but he was totally unproven. He was, you know, a war hero. He was different. But he had this charisma and this the look, and people gravitated towards that because it made you feel good, it made very positive versus Nixon. And at that time, who gets in? Kennedy. But down the road, Nixon hung in there. He eventually became president. Yeah. Okay. I don't really, you know, the thing with Bloomberg is that, to me, I don't think he's going to be able to speak that well, have it, have the charisma, or have any any real punch. Yeah, he has a lot of money, but that's not really attracting. Well, like I said, the thing that I'm interested in is you know, people working uh, working together. And uh, to be honest, until I just heard I just heard. Uh, uh, um, uh, yes, coming into this, I was like, uh, Amy Klobuchar, she was who I, uh, I was like, uh, she was the only Democratic candidate that I could see, uh, you know, uh, doing that, but, um, uh, what was I going to say, um, yeah, uh, after hearing what John said about, um, Michael Bloomberg, uh, I thought that was a good delivery of, of how he could work work together, and you know, he does have a history of having been a Republican, then in, then an Independent, and now he's trying to run as a Democrat and stuff. Uh, so if, if he's able to articulate what John just said, I would vote for him. I could see myself voting for him because you know that, that's the issue that I'm concerned about. I'm not actually as concerned about people's policies as I am about the, their effectiveness. Yeah. Well, you know, like his his slogan right now is, um, you know, Mike, Mike, you know, Mike, Mike Bloomberg, Mike will get it done. And so, but, well, you know, no matter what policy the any any presidential candidate, you know, especially on the Democratic side, what, whatever they say, you know, the thing, they, they, the commentators never mention that, you know, you don't just get to uh, put your policy in place as, as a president. You have, uh, you have to have a favorable. Uh, Ratio in the legislature, in the House of Representatives and the Senate, in order to get you know you pro you propose what bills, and then they do they do the lawmaking, and then the president signs the bill, he signs the bill and he or she signs the bill into law. So um, you know if uh, if Bernie Sanders thinks if he he's not going to get a universal um, you know Medicare socialized medicine system if the Republicans uh, win back the House. And keep control of the Senate. It's not happening, you know. So, so he, he they never. Uh, I guess some of the com commentators, more on the more sophisticated shows where there's more time for a couple of sound bites, they would bring that up. Um, it seems like it's very important. <laughs> yeah, it is very important. So, like Mike Bloomberg had the even he's not that great of a speaker, they say, but he had the ability to. Um, he just had the knack for. Like just being very pragmatic and having a lot of meetings behind the scenes and getting like both sides to come to a uh, consensus. Um, you know, when he was mayor of New York for 12 years, especially in the first eight years, you know, I mean, he had to bring the city out of 9/11. You know, the prime, the day of the New York, New York primary for mayor was 9/11, 2001. So obviously, it was canceled the rest of the day, and they held that at a later date. Uh, I think it was sometime in October that they held it, and then they went ahead with election day. So he gets elected, and then Giuliani got a lot of attention for what he did 
But then Bloomberg had to come in, you know, um, in the beginning of 2002, and he really had to uh, get everything organized with the, with rebuilding things and getting things started in other segments of the uh, the economy. And so he was able to uh, to do. He was very accomplished. Um, like the two big things that he didn't get done were getting the Olympics to New York City, 2008. It's really, they were pushing hard for that. He wanted the Olympics. They, that didn't happen. And then the you know this this terror this nationwide problem of uh, solid waste. You know the fact that New York City did not build um, you know a massive incinerator to reduce the volume of their garbage. And the garbage is still going out to, you know, just commercial garbage is going, you know, coming down here to the... We have a bunch of garbage from Tellytown taking it in from many states. Trucks after truck after truck. You can go down to Tellytown and cut yourself a good, great deal if you want to glow in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I, I've come to more people talking and said, Tellytown, Tellytown, and it's like, no, it's, it's, a, it's a garbage dump. It's, well, now that's closed now, so it's up in it's actually up in by the steelworks in Fairless Hills, and, it, and it's going to continue to grow. Of course, yeah. I know. Very bad. Yeah, related to this topic, I think I heard that um, you know in Europe, countries like Germany have have uh, like those incinerators or or and somehow they you know harness energy from you know uh, from the trash. You guys got I, I don't know the answer to this question, but I heard technically, if you're impeached, you could run for a third term. No, that seems ridiculous. I, I this I I've heard. Uh, I, that, I, that, I don't know if it's that, true that or not. Might, that might be true if you get impeached and and removed from office. Uh, yeah, yeah. Could be fake news. I don't know. I, that's just something that I heard. We'll, we'll possibly maybe if you do get impeached. Well, I, I mean, I, I would I would like uh, I would like in the presidential debate whoever gets. And whoever gets uh, the nod from the Democrats and Donald Trump, I would like them to talk about that topic of the fact that that you know uh, the president just executes the laws; he doesn't get to write the laws, and 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 that you know, I, I think you know president who who really led the country, he would lead by dragging Congress along with him by saying, "You guys need to work together," yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and and that's what I want to hear someone yeah. say. Like Reagan, Reagan was good at that. Yeah. You know, especially in his first term, his second term, he was, you know, he said he might have had mild Alzheimer's, but Reagan was good at, like, you know, he gave that famous speech about the, com the country was in a malaise and the country was in a deep recession in the early 80s. And I, you know, from my profession, no jobs in chemical engineering, like we talked about um, earlier. But uh, anyway, so the country had to come out of recession, and it did, you know, in the, in the 80s. And that was, like, just the example, the... Uh, the charisma of Ronald Reagan. He was almost like acting and just saying that we're, we're going to get out of this and we're on the upswing and just basically he presented a very feel-good uh, you know, outlook on how things were. Okay, guys, my vote is you're looking for somebody who could bring it together and I'm going back through the presidents and we talked about a third term. Who's the, in the 20th century, who was a three-term president? FDR. And I think... If a party finds, particularly the Democrats, an FDR socialite, that will galvanize and bring the country together because it was him. They had the, 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 the Hoover years and they talked about the, the, the Hooverville at the Depression. He got blamed for that, but it was actually Coolidge who allowed the shenanigans in the market and everything. 
but he got off the hook because his term was done. And when and, and, and when the bottom fell out, it was Herbert Hoover. So they 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 started clamoring to him, saying, "You're to blame for this. It's you. It's you. You're the president. You fixed this." Yeah. And it was on FDR's watch in '33. And don't forget, at that time, the mindset was world domination. And we still get influenced by movies, James Bond and all these other movies, and, and, and you know, with the development of the atomic bomb. Before that happened, they were still into very aggressive dictators that, that wanted to take over the world. And that was a, that's no longer a threat today, really, to take over a world. It's more about ideologies like communism and socialism and, and terror, well, terrorism is a very ugly thing, but it, it's more of those topics than, than um, taking over land and territory. That, you know, but, but back then with FDR, you, you, you had an economy that was, was in the toilet, everybody was suffering, you know, we wanted a chicken in every pot, so we wanted two chickens in every pot, and he developed the social works, he developed the jobs, he built the infrastructure, he got us Social Security. He did a lot of good things and got us back there. And then the war drums were beating the whole time. And, you know, unfortunately, the, you know, the Nazis' power was really then. And then it, 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 it fell apart. But at that time, you know, they had this tremendous evil that was really, that was the height of their power when FDR was in there. And then we went to war and it was really... 1943 was an extremely pivotal year in that they stopped uh, playing a lot of sports. They stopped, you know, all, all, all things th things from happening. That's how critical it was, and what a shortage there was. So I think getting back to Keith's Keith's um, uh, talk of, of of who could bring something together, I think that's who you need to bring to galvanize everybody without the war, without because. Today we have our own homemade wars on the streets, just surviving. People are shot every day. We're, we're a country of drug addicts. You, you know, everybody's on prescription medicine and, and, and things like that. And um, I think somebody that could lead the way now out of a lot of the ills that we have, that will bring the country together because we, we need to whip this the, the opioid crisis, the poverty. Poverty is an ugly, ugly, heinous thing. And uh, Johnson tried to whip it in 64. They made a song about it to give those who don't have a little bit more. Who sung that song? Do you guys know? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Together. It's just the way it is. Do, 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 do. I, 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 I can't remember the artist now, but he, they signed a bill, the man with the electric cane uh, in, the, in, in the chair. Um, but that, you know, I, I think that we need somebody who can overcome social ills that we have in this country. That's what will bring the parties closer together because it's like, look, everybody's affected by these these problems in society and we, we got to get through that so I'm, I'm voting for Mark Homer I'm flattered by that I'll work for you any day brother I, but, I, but, I, but I think that's what happened you know he talked about who could bring things together some, some somebody who could solve 
the, the ills that are out there because, you know, our country's always had tremendous problems. And we've always gotten through it because there were even bigger problems internationally and all through the world that impact us that we had to. Now, a lot of that is right here in our country. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, after listening, I'm a little bit... Uh, um, it makes me... Uh, in some ways, I feel like, you know, uh, you could argue that the dysfunction in Washington is a national security issue. Yes! Yeah. yeah, big time! Big, big time, big... Yes, it, there's a national security. You've got people in a bubble that are working like this, and you have literally... Our lives are in their hands, and if they screw up, we could really suffer as, as, as a society in, in, in whole. Yes, another great point by this McGuire kid. He, you know, he sees the big picture. I, I can't see the big picture too well. I'm, I'm a pretty good going from point A to point B, but McGuire, he sees the big picture. And again, another good point that, you know, in, what's inside that Washington bubble really impacts us tremendously. And quite frankly, guys, I think there is more pain in our society right now than at any other time in the world. Well, I mean, you have to go, you also have to say that, um, you know, changes in the uh, social fabric began to occur in the 50s. And then, you know, I think that a lot of people think that the worst decade in this country was the 60s when there was so much upheaval. You know, you had the uh, you know the Vietnam War was going on. You had the drug culture starting and uh, rock and roll, and then you had the um, you know the whole thing with the Vietnam War was so it just turned the country upside down. And then stuff was accomplished with regard to civil rights because the blacks were being mistreated. But in the midst of all that, then you had the beginning of like um, the social structure, the family structure beginning to break down. And then that has basically, that's been getting worse and worse, you know, as each decade goes by. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there are way too many divorces, way too many broken families. And, um, you know, government can only do so much. You have to have the, um, you know, if you consider it like a family unit to be a cell, if, if, if the cell is, uh, is not functioning properly, then, um, then that's going to affect the body as a whole, like you know, almost like making an analogy to cancer. Um, and there's only so much that uh, that government can do to, uh, you know, to uh, to battle against that. So, um, you know, there's there like for example, there's been progress in the opioid crisis. There, you know, they they have taken some steps. They Narcan is available, and they reversed drug overdoses. But there's ba there's way too many still happening, and uh, that's a function of uh, just like uh, a lot of people feeling hopeless and trying to, uh, you know, you know, mask their, uh, you know, their uh, their depression and and what they feel, how they feel life is uh, going for them. So, um, so there's only so much that a big federal government or state government, or even local government, can do in regard to some of these social problems. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but you, you know. Get, get, getting back, you know, at the pot and, and who could do it, um, you know, the problems are, are, are really close to home now. It's not like, you know, we're, we're going to some foreign distant land, uh, you know, where there's a war. It, it's not like, 
you, you know, it's, it's a ways out. It's, it's, it's within our borders. A lot of bad stuff has permeated the United States. Well, uh, uh, kind of what, what John was saying about, um, you know, I guess the family and, uh, you know, bringing it to the, you know, hyper-local level, which is, you know, as an individual, we can control our own actions and things like that. You know, um, I, uh, I feel like, um, and he started by saying, oh, religion and politics are two things. Just what, uh, I'm going to merge them together here and, and ask, you know, uh, uh, like in my opinion, the only thing that, uh, you know, a relationship with God is the only thing that, that will help you to, you know, fix that, you know, kind of the cancer of like sin that we experience at the, you know, that's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, destroying, you know, families and, and, and our relationship with God and stuff like that. So, so um, I'd be curious if uh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. In some ways, I used to I used to be real into politics, uh, but uh, and then I had a kind of reversion experience. And I'm like, uh, you know, true the true revolution is is the you know sp you know spiritual revolution. You know, basically, and uh, you know, Jesus is is. Uh, you know, I guess it takes faith uh, to see that Jesus, he won this battle and we're kind of like, you know, going through it and, uh, um, I do, you know, I do think it was the grace of God that helped you know, FDR and, and us get through those uh, serious times. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully the grace of God will, will, uh, yeah, um, yeah, help us. I, I, I do get the sense though that, that, um, you know. I guess yeah, um, yeah. I guess uh, that's yeah. I think you you're, you're spot on. God, love is everything because I know failure has been my teacher. Negative experiences have motivated me. Fear from the devil has always pinched at me, and I don't wish that on anybody. And love, love, and love some more. And you know when they hit you, when they beat you. You know, turn the other cheek, take more. And there's just so much you need a break from it and stuff. And it's through the grace of God that, that we go. And, uh, you know, his love. And we need to produce beautiful fruit. And that's what I pray for. It's like you, you need to be productive at something that you can be passionate about. You, you know, and... and when you're looking for a candidate to pull people together to, to, to get that, uh, um, if you if you could give people more opportunity, because I think that you know everybody has a talent. They're good at some things. They're not so good at other things. Everybody has a talent, but the opportunities are not distributed equally. And I don't. I don't. I think that there's there's only limited opportunities and I, I think we need a candidate we need leaders that allow opportunity and quite frankly Keith gives opportunity to people that's what you do Keith Keith makes makes a parting of the ways to give people opportunity saying look you know he he makes for a better world but you know, I currently work for people 
that don't give opportunities because they want to take all the opportunities. And so, you know, you have more Keith McGuire's in the world, you have a better place. You have more John's in the world, you're very knowledgeable, John. And, you know, you, you, you would give people opportunity. People need opportunities to, to be able to produce the fruit. Yeah, that's what you need. I, th I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of relating to that to politics, there's too many lobbyists in politics. So those are the, those are the takers. You know, yeah. They'll, they'll take stuff that should go to, you know, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, government of the lobbyists, for the lobbyists, you know, almost by the lobbyists or whatever. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're takers. That, 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 that's great. That, that's a great point. There are too many takers, you know, the lobbyists, and they never publicize those. They're, they're, they're like behind the scenes guys. And, you know, they're, 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 they're taking, taking, taking. Mike Cregan's brother works for a lobbyist outfit. That's what his, the, 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 I don't know if it's the law firm he's, I don't think he works for a law firm. He's, he's a lawyer within a lobbyist group of some kind of publication. So they're taken. They're, 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 and that's what causes a lot of our problems too. It's like, look guys, greed is not good. You, you, you know, I, I know everybody needs to make a living. You got to give people a shot, which they don't get, but you know, taking and taking and taking, it just weakens our society as a whole. And, uh, that's just the way life is sometimes. But, you know, now, now I'm really concerned that there's such a split that, you know, how they, they say like the poor get poor, the rich get richer. I, I, I think our, 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 our middle class is just, is, is, is coming apart, even though Trump will say, oh, there's more jobs, it's a blue collar boom, which I think there is, as far as work goes. Probably not as, as much white collar, but, um, uh, yeah, 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 there's, there's, there's a concern of, uh, there, there, there's no, there, there's a concern of, of what's going on right here in our country that, that, that I, I, I've never seen this many problems in, in the countries we have right now. And maybe that's just because I'm older and I've lived lived a, 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 a while, but, uh, or maybe it was the way I grew up and I saw things through rose-colored glasses and I never paid attention. But now as I've gotten older, I see all the problems that there are. And, you know, there's, there's a concern there. There's a concern there. And, man, would I love to be able to uh, help out. So I, I just keep praying. I said, you know, Give me another mission, God. Give, give me something to do. If you want to take me, that's fine too. Whatever you want. I got a new pair of shoes. I'm happy. <laughs> I got support. And my cousin Max, I just have to say, he uh, finished uh, three strokes off the lead at the uh, PGA leaderboard today. Uh, Not over yet, though, is it? Uh, well, for him it is because he, he golfed that. But basically, the only way that, that it would, if, if the guys you know, like bogeyed some shots and. and they finished, I guess, uh, eight eight under. Then they'd, they'd have a golf off. Yeah, and, and it's and it's not over. 
it's not, it's, it's not over. So. So, 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 so Keith, you, you brought up a lot of good points about, uh, you know, the, the problems like who do you see, how do you, how, how do you bring our country closer together? Um, I, I got to ask you guys, day in and day out, what do you see as, as uh, problems that, that, that you would face that um, there should be a solution to? You know what? 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 What do you think, John? What do you? What? What do you? What do you think? Like, uh, you know, you, you hear Trump talk. You know, best economy. If you can't get a job in this economy, uh, you know, it's a blue collar bonanza. Um, except if you're working for Trump, because then he goes bankrupt. You don't get paid. Uh, uh, but, but 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 what do you guys face out there or see out there? given what Trump says is, is, is such a good economy and all the Democrats, the Democrats, you know, Blue, Bloomsburg is saying that, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But it seems like Trump is already doing it and he's doing it very well. So what are, could, you know, the Democrats contribute to society that's going to help? Because all, all they are is they, they seem to be chasing after Trump all the time. And... What 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 work have they done to help, or or has it been stymied by the extremism of Trump, and he's not really even giving them a chance to do anything? You know, I don't I don't know. Well, I mean, they're going to try to come. You know, in this last year, they're going to try to get together on uh, you know infrastructure repair and prescription drugs. But really, I mean, we're, I think we're already in the election cycle, so I don't think a whole lot's going to get done. And Trump is just going to, uh, um, you know, like another example I heard on one of the shows. Trump is he's he he had proposed, you know, he only wanted to give like uh, twenty five million to Great Lakes research and figuring out how to best manage the Great Great Lakes, the first three years of his budget. Now in the fourth year, he wants to increase get an increase from 300 million because he never did get that cut that way back to 25 million you know they, they got that got voted down so now he wants to go to 325 million that'll probably pass but he needs to win like you know he needs to win Wisconsin Michigan you know Ohio Pennsylvania's on the Great Lakes so like it's it's just like you know he, he keeps on now, now his slogan is you know keep America great but there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that are in progress still where it's not, you know, not yet great. Uh, especially when you think about pro-life, you know, that pro, you know, there's still Roe v. Wade is still in effect. And, uh, you know, that's the national law. But a lot of the programs that, uh, a lot of the stuff that Trump has, um, you know, been advocating for. And then, he, you know, he signs executive orders, some of which are unconstitutional. Um, but he, he keeps on... Um, you know, it's as if he's gotten all this stuff done. He says he's no, no one's ever accomplished more in one term. That's that's not true. You know, there are others who've been more accomplished. So I mean, um, you know, it's just the way he uh, portrays it. And uh, you know, coming off the impeachment, it would have been nice for him to be a little bit more conciliatory. You know, maybe not accept blame or take any blame for what he did, but just be a little bit nicer. There's none of that right now. And that just makes the two sides dig in even more. 
you know, it's there. You know, when you talk about you know kindergarten, you're taught how to uh, share and be nice to people. He didn't. He didn't take that lesson. You know, he's never. He's he's not in his nature to be. Uh, he always says he's a nice guy, but a lot of the stuff that he does with the you know on the Twitter account, it just isn't nice at all. You know, there's no sense. You know, there's no sense in calling. Um, in name calling Nancy Nicole, you're vicious and evil. There's no sense in doing that. You know, they, you know, even if you believe that, just just keep it to yourself. Yeah. So I just, you know, that's my, you know, one one of my biggest problems with Trump is that he just doesn't know how to uh, to be, you know, even the slightest bit conciliatory when you know on a lot of issues, and um, you know. That's why I thought that Pence would be in by now. I was convinced Pence was going to be president by now, that something would come up with Trump or he'd be out. But uh, it hasn't worked out that way. Yeah, kind of related so. to that, I, uh, um, you know, I feel like uh, if Trump wanted to do good for the country, cared about the country and not himself, he would step down and allow Mike Pence to run for president, uh, you know, instead of seeking a second term. You know, Pence would run because I feel like uh, there's more of a chance that Pence would bring people together than, than yeah. Trump. True, true. Yeah, but I don't think Trump's. E I think that Trump's ego will not allow that to happen because he's geared up for a second term and, and, and win or lose. I think after this, this, the, the, the Trump runs his course. I think the Democrats are going to get in because traditionally our country, if you look at the way we voted, if you know whether we're Republican or Democrat. Many of the candidates got the second run. Clinton got eight years. Obama got eight years. Uh, George W. got eight years. Uh, and, and, and it looks like, you know, Trump could be on his way to getting eight years. But our country traditionally changes. We don't l run. I haven't seen a, a string of Republicans. The last time I saw three terms in a row was Herbert Walker Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, or no, I'm sorry, Ronald Reagan in the early 80s, Ronald Reagan, and then uh, Herbert Walker Bush. So yeah, that was 12 years in a Yeah, that, that was, was the exception. Three, that was the exception. That was the last time I saw Republicans win three terms in a row. And, uh, you know, and, and then we, we went over to the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So I, I think our country... Things happen, and there's somebody who gives us a sense of hope. They're charismatic, and you, we, we, we end up voting for them because at the end of the day, we really want people to help us, to do good for us. They are supposed to be public servants that are supposed to help our way of life. And Trump says he's doing all these great things, but again... I don't see it helping the average everyday American. That's one thing that I do not see of, of um, you know, people that are living in poverty, people that need to come out of poverty. Trump is, 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 is touting all, the, all these good things that are happening in his crackdown. Uh, but I, I, I really don't see waves of people in poverty getting out. I, I, I don't see that. And I, I don't, you know, and the media is not covering it. 
I think John made a good point earlier about the kind of um, you know the the boots on the ground stuff. It really has to be like you know a, a moral revolution of you know helping people and stuff like that. So the more we talk about stuff, I uh, uh, I guess my only real beef with uh, elected politicians is uh, that uh, you know from a Basically, it feels like we have like a civil war. It's not peaceful. It does not feel peaceful. They don't. They don't promote peace. It doesn't seem like like I, I would be fine with us having having problems uh, as long as it felt like like we were trying to work together. Even if we weren't, even if we didn't solve those problems, at least if we if it, if it made if it made me feel like like you know we are trying to work together and and and, and uh, you know like we we had we and there were good intentions all around. I would, I would feel, I would, I would feel good, and then and then fine. Let let people the boots on the ground. Let you know, uh, uh, you know Jesus uh, uh, and you know, and the Holy Spirit work through people, regardless of whether believers or not. You know, uh, God works through His grace. You know, works through everyone. Uh, let that happen. So so I just feel like for some reason it feels to me like it's difficult. It's difficult for that to happen when there's you know this like animosity and polarization stuff. I would think that you know uh, a sense of peace among the politicians themselves that would maybe trickle down to people and allow even the the, the people to be more effective in in uh, you know I guess leading by example is is the most effective leadership and uh, if you look at Washington right now if we follow their example it would not be good you know it's like you know uh they do not present a good example that is so true when you think about yeah. it it's like if the world or if the rest of the united states becomes like it is in that bubble it it's not good and and there is no peace there is no peace the the, the people yeah there's a there's a tremendous division in in our country and it's it, it it's nucleus is in the the bubble in Washington, and if that continues to grow, our entire country could become like that. And we don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want peace. We want them to manage our government and do the things. But uh, yeah, I, like if, Pe if Pence was at the head of the ticket, like I even well, I I was even hoping maybe for a switch when that tape came out about him when he talked to the uh, the you know that the tabloid show. He made that comment just before election day. You know, I thought maybe they'd switch. Uh, well, Trump would never take second, you know, second dibs or second place. But um, I, I'm kind of regretting uh, like the last three years if, if Pence was like at the head of the ticket and just have his way of speaking and trying to get along with people and you know having be holding very firm in his beliefs. I mean, he he's actually true a true pro-life person. There was a time where Trump was not pro-life. You know, and it's it, there's all kinds of tapes that 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 bear that out. But Pence has always been consistent, and you know he's just I you know I, I didn't know much about him before he became vice president, but he just uh, he's been really successful his whole life. So like um, so now when he if he's the is he he's going to be put if Trump wins and finishes out the four-year term, and of course Trump will say that you know I we, we need to change the constitution. I should be in forever, you know, third and fourth term. But Pence would uh, Pence would be presumably the head the head of the Republican Party, 
and then uh, it's just a matter of how things, how well things are going in the country four years from now, and would would there be a possibility that the uh, that uh, that Pence would be um, like he just be he wouldn't be given a chance because people would associate him too much with Trump and feel like he didn't rebuke Trump enough, you know, you know, to t tell him to. But I think I think Pence gave up on that a long time ago. He made he just he said once, let Trump be Trump. You know, there's no, you know, even when Barr gave that interview, next morning Trump said, I can do whatever I want. If I want to comment on a case, I'm going to comment. You know, and Barr just gotten done saying that he'd be, he'd be better off just keeping, you know, not saying anything. And, you know, commenting on Stone and all the other uh, things. And now they dropped the charges against the, uh, you know, the uh, McCabe, the FBI director who, you know, Trump has attacked repeatedly for the last three years. And he's, got, he's off the hook now. And Trump will probably, after Stone gets sentenced, he'll go into a diatribe about him. He can't control himself. Yeah. You know, he's actually like he's in, he's he's not he doesn't have the maturity to to be nice and to know when to hold off. Quite frankly, I think Trump is going to choose another vice presidential candidate. You think? Huh? I, I I think he may do that, as FDR did. FDR, when he had his three terms, he had. Wallace in there as vice president. Apparently there was dirt on Wallace. The FBI had dug it up and it was true. Right. And the, one of the grandsons is runs for uh, office in Bucks County, right right here in our own in our own district. Uh, if you he he did run, I don't think he won, but he's the grandson of the of the Wallace former vice yeah. president. Yeah, and, he was the guy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and then they put Truman in there. Harry, that's and that's how Truman oh. became president. Is FDR died in office before World War II was over, yeah, yeah. and then Truman had to do go, and he you know he finished out that term and he won again. Right, and, quite, and he, he could have run again, I guess, after that, but for yeah. some reason he decided not to. But right and, after that, and, and quite frankly, I think that if Pence would win, run, he would not win. The Democrats would win. And because uh, I think there's just the, 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 there's just too much of of, of of the Trump backers, and it's a letdown for Pence, you know, because he he's like watching paint dry a lot of times because he he does have great moral character and everything like that, but quite frankly, I I think he's not going to appeal. Doesn't have that entertainment factor. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's like you know you watch Pence. And it's perfect for Trump because, you know, he's the show. Trump, tr Trump well, is the show. Uh, uh, it'd be interesting if somehow, I think this was mentioned, but I can't exactly remember, um, if there was a mixed ticket, if there was a, you know, regardless if it was a, a Republican presidential candidate with a Democratic vice president or a Democratic president, with a Republican vice president, I think that would be awesome. That, that would be, you know, uh, an example, a leading example of working together. Uh, I, uh, I know I read, I heard this weekend that uh, the big news on Fox News was uh, Michael Bloomberg may tap Hillary Clinton to be his, his vice presidential candidate. Wow. That, well, that was a, I, I, I think that was a Fox News, uh, like, you know, may have... You know that that was the type of entertainment factor thing. So uh, I don't think that's true, but I could imagine. You know, if Mike Bloomberg uh, 
could work with a Republican who, who would who would campaign with him and say, "Hey, the two of us are gonna you know fix you know gonna you know mend fences and fix things." They, 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 I mean, that would win hands down. I feel like. So, so if they recruit a Republican yeah. to come over to the Democratic side, well, not to come over to the Democratic side, but to be on the ticket, you know. To, so it would be like a mixed ticket of a Republican. Uh, again, either a Republican presidential candidate, let's say Donald Trump, invites one of the Democrats to be his vice president, like Bloomberg or something like that, or if Bloomberg invites, you know, a, a Republican. To you know, come over and, and they they campaign together on this concept of you know, working together. That, that would that would be awesome. That yeah, and that would bring it together. We only have a few minutes, guys. So let, let let's go for last comments. It's seven oh nine, as they say. So, John, please uh, please uh, give us your final thoughts. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the Nevada pro I was telling Keith earlier the Nevada prime Nevada primary part is already underway. Then they have the caucus. You know, six days from now, that's Saturday night. That's when they had the final results, and hopefully they'll have the results right away. And then the one in South Carolina is going to be very, that's kind of like Joe Biden's uh, last stand. So we haven't said much about Joe Biden. Um, he's kind of like, you know, he's a Democrat through and through, but he's trying to associate himself with uh, Obama, you know, who, you know, got in for two terms. But right now, Obama seems to be distancing himself from Biden because Biden might be a little bit too old right now. He might not have the mental sharpness anymore to be a good candidate. So it's just going to be, I mean, you know, in about 16 days, 17 days, we're going to have a very good idea if uh, the Bloomberg experiment works and then if he goes to the forefront. And then, you know, like I said, he was a Republican mayor in New York City, and now he's, you know, then he called himself an independent, now he's Democrat. Maybe he's like the hybrid that the country might, uh, might be able to get behind. And he's a New Yorker. He says he knows exactly how to deal with, uh, with Donald Trump, because he had to deal with him a lot in New York City. He had to rebuke him. So uh, is that how it's going to play out? You know, we'll see. There's, uh, I think right now there's eight candidates, Democratic candidates. Mm -hmm. And that's probably going to be narrowed down a few more, you know, Steyer and, uh, you know, uh, um, a couple of the others might drop out, mm -hmm. Biden even. But so once they get down to four or five, then there's going to be clarification, the Bloomberg factor, okay. and then we'll see. Okay. And in the meantime, Trump goes, you know, he's, he's going to, the, the night before Las Vegas has their final caucus, he's going there. And he's also going to South Carolina the night before. Mm -hmm. That's him all the way. You know, it takes away the attention from the, uh, okay. know, the real primary. I'll go real quick because I, I want to give Timmy or Keith the last words here. Right, right. So I'll, I'll just throw this in. I think whoever Bloomberg picks or Biden as their vice presidential running mate will influence and bring the country together. If Bloomberg chooses smartly a young upstart, you know, let's say an African-American female, I think Bloomberg or whoever he unites with does have the best shot of beating Trump. And quite frankly, I don't know if Trump will have Pence back. He might ask Alex Haley, the, the, the woman who, who was in his to run. Oh, yeah. I think the vice presidents are going to have a very vital play in this upcoming election. And I think the way the Democrats win, if they want, like Keith's mentioned, hey, if you could have a Republican over here or a Democrat over here and let them come together to bring it together, 
I think if Bloomberg or whoever the front runner becomes has a very upbeat, young vice presidential candidate, that's going to appeal to the masses. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it will. And quite frankly, I think Trump, he just may pull Pence along, but I don't, I think the, Trump gets in or not four years from now, quite frankly, I don't see anything that the Republicans are going to have. It's going to be an empty tank because they're not going to be able to follow uh, a Donald Trump. And you're, he's going to have to make a move now to, to bring in a vice president or bring in somebody who could run after he's done. And, and, that's, and, and again, somebody that appeals to the masses. Because I, I really think a vice president... Okay, Keith, you have the final words. Let's hear you. You brought up great points, things to think about, as always. All right. Well, uh, since my final words are, you know, uh, uh, at the mass, at the, at the part where we say, you know, Lord, hear our prayer. I don't know who who comes up with the the prayers there, but uh, frequently, uh, you know, one of the petitions is. Uh, you know that we pray for our our leaders in, in government you know uh, local state and federal and uh, yep I'm just hoping those prayers are answered yep good, good and could you please give us a little preview for next week for all our listeners out there of what the, you think the next topic will be what what, what, do, what do you guys think or you want to have a, a round robin you want to give it a you know whatever we come up with or whatever you think, or, or is there some options that you could think about that you might want to talk about? Is there anything that comes to mind, guys? Uh, could talk about climate change, you know, all the different aspects of that, you know, relative to this, this winter we're having in the North Northeast and, you know, some of the other topics that, uh, you know, some of the stuff connected to climate change. And there's some political aspects of that too. You know, a lot of Democrats think it's definitely and Trump seems to Trump seems to think it's just a big hoax. Anyway, you know, could so, could that include the one, environment? One yeah, the environmental factors. What, what, what do you, what do you think? Oh, that sounds good to me. Sure. Yeah, environmental, climate change. Uh -huh. A lot of the what Trump definitely considers is, is is not really a factor. You know, it's like look, climate climate will take care of climate, but the youngsters say, hey. You screwed up our environment all these years in the 20th century before they were even born, and now that's a problem that they are going to inherit: yeah. the climate change and the environment and clean and fresh water and stuff like that. Where people were, you know, hey, I got to make a living. I got to keep a roof over everybody's head, and you know, the the the, the environment and stuff <laughs> takes a takes a back seat to getting a check and having a, a chicken in every pot and a steak on a table. Exactly. And, and, and getting your kids cleaned up, so. All right, yeah, let's save it. Let's save it for next time. Thank we'll you. save it for next time. Okay. So for all our, our, our Tomoda dedicated listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time, and thank you very much. Mm -hmm.